this podcast might have bad words because my daddy says words like s*** and other bad words too much. Listener description is advice. Hello and welcome to the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads, where dads talk about life, kids, and stuff. We are your hosts. Galan. Jug Joe. And I am John. And Joe, yes. your nickname this week is highly appropriate because of why? Because Joe Eisma is our special guest and he has done a lot of work on Archie and has done the comic book adaptation of Riverdale. Which yes. was a Archie adaptation TV show on CW Network, which features Jughead. That's right. It all, it's full circle right there. But also, he's also done some work uh, for another big comic book company. That's right. DC Comics, he did work on The Flash. I picked up a trade paperback of him doing work on The Flash. Specifically focusing on the rogues gallery. So Captain Cold, Reverse Flash, etc., etc. Weather Wizard. I don't remember the actual name and titles of the issues he did. So I apologize for that, Joe, but you can find out if you do a quick Google search. But what he's currently working on, I know several weeks ago, or maybe even last month at this point, he did The Archies, which is a comic book run where Archie and Jughead mm-hmm. form a band, and they They go on the road and actually meet real, right. like, other bands that are both real and fictional. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, like Blondie, as an example. Josie and the Pussycats. Exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah, so it's very cool, and he talks a little bit about that in this episode. Another interesting thing, which, obviously, a lot of these comic book artist guys do their work from their home studios, so they are stay-at-home dads, and he gets into a little bit about that as well. Uh, and talks about some great moments that he has had as a dad. So uh, enjoy uh, this interview, and we will be right back with Joe Eisman. All right, we are back here at Dallas Fan Expo in the Detox Podcast, and with us at this time, his name is Joe Eisma, and he is known, he's done some stuff with uh, Archie Comics, DC, specifically Run on the Flash, and then Morning Glories with Image Comics, so thank you for coming uh, onto the show with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we want to, we like to start all of our uh, guests on with a little bit of a softball question. Uh, oh. oh, that is not the question. No. Uh, what do you think makes a good dad? Somebody who can really give their time to their children. I think time is probably the most valuable asset valuable asset you can give your kids. And uh, if you can give your time and attention to them, uh, I think that's probably that's really what makes an effective. I mean, it's not the only thing. That's, sure. That's probably like the main thing. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. What, um, so obviously you've been in the comics industry for a while. Uh-huh. What kind of drew you to comics in general like from an early age or something you stumbled into yeah how's that kind of work i got comics even before i could read i would get them in the grocery store and (laughs) just look at the art so i always loved comics and by the time i was in high school in the mid 90s i I wanted to be a comic artist but it was just taking so long to draw uh, a page with all the detail i just kind of gave up on it and i pursued other work 
Um, so it wasn't until about 13 or so years ago that I was like really creatively and fulfilled in my career. I was like, I have one last chance. I'm going to give this one last shot. I'm going to try it. See what happens. Roll the dice. And it worked out. That's awesome. So what uh, kind of how did you get your, I guess, big break? like break into that like what was because uh, I know people have talked a lot about morning glories and image but yeah. what's been what was your first foray into that I did a, a book with a actually a, a local Dallas publisher called Viper Comics okay and uh, I did a sequel to one of their books it was about a ventriloquist dummy and a detective and they were partners nice and it was a really silly little crime book and that was my first book and that was like 2008 actually 10 years ago oh wow so that was my first book it was really small press you know not a lot of people bought it or whatever sure. but it was the thing that kind of catapulted me into the next project and then to the next and so forth you know that's really cool so what has been one of your most uh, interesting subjects to to depict that's a good question uh, <laughs> you know I, I there's so many genres that I've drawn across like my career and everything I think you know morning glories is probably like the the most unique one that I've drawn because there's so many diverse like time periods and locations and stuff that we've drawn so I think like that and like and there's a lot of character drama like sure. it really helps me learn how to be a storyteller in comics. Sure. And for those that don't know, do you mind just giving like a little brief description of Morning Glories? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Morning Glories is about a uh, prestigious prep school, and it starts off the story with uh, these six kids, that are, these new students that enroll, and they quickly find that it's a school from hell, like and like evil teachers bent on murdering them, <laughs> and supernatural crazy stuff going on, and they just kind of get embroiled in all these, you know, uh, biblical-level mysteries, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, your typical prep school. Yeah, basically. I mean, yeah, yeah. Same stuff I saw. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's really cool. So I know, uh, so you've been kind of in the industry uh, since 2008. That's, yeah. that's crazy. So what, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is what was, because most of the people that we've talked to, I'll, I'll position it this way, yeah. have been like, I want to do this. I did the work. I did the grind. And I like your story about how like you were creatively fulfilled in your career and then you kind of dove back in. Were yeah. you always involved with art or were you doing a different kind of day-to-day job? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was doing art. I was, uh, it was freelance video game design. Okay. I was doing, it was working for an independent game developer and really the reason it was unfulfilling is like I, he, like my boss would, he ran the company and you know, he would dictate everything that we did. Gotcha. So I would just get a list of stuff that I needed to make and you know, I really didn't have any input. So it was comics. It was like, it was so appealing because it was like, wow, this is something that I could have a little more creative control with. Sure. That's very nice. I know we talked with, um, uh, with Steve Irwin. He talked about how working with Marvel and DC, a little bit uh, different experiences with just having the script versus kind of plotting it out and then filling the script later. What's been kind of your experiences with, with collaborating with a writer on these books? It's a lot different at the independent level than it is like uh, working for publishers like DC sure. or Archie, because most of those situations you work mostly with an editor. You don't sure. really collaborate too much with the writer. With Morning Glories, like Nick is very much vested in the mythology. He knows that stuff inside and out, you know. But he did give some leeway, like on like action sequences, and sure. you know he you know he would get you know pinpoint or like you know ask for my advice you know every once in a while about stuff. And just let me run with things, like, when he didn't feel like writing, like, an action sequence or whatever. Um, but, you know, like, with, you know, a corporation, corporate comics like DC or Archie or whatever, it's, you know, you get the script, and there's not really a whole lot of it, but you, you give them your, like, ideas of how each page is going to go, and then they might, you know, it's like, well, we don't like this panel, you should change it. Okay. You know, so there's a little bit of back and forth, but mostly it's 
you know, I think, especially with uh, a lot of publishers, they want the books out on time, so like it doesn't leave a whole lot of room for collaboration. So, so what form does that does that input take when when they say, well, I, I guess when you as the artist you get yeah. the script. What yeah. is what are you presenting to them? Oh, are sure. you presenting like an like an outline to them yeah. of, of the fr- actual frames? Or well, what are you doing? yeah, like, yeah, it's it's what they call the thumbnail stage. So, like, I'll get a script and I'll just break. You know, each page is already broken down, like you know, panels or whatever most of the time. And I will just do like a really quick sketch of like how I see each page, like just really super. Crappy. I mean, it's like stick figures. It's awful. <laughs> I mean, I very rarely post my layouts because they're so terrible. But I mean, you know, it's just something to give them an idea of how I see the shots or whatever. Sure. And and I mean that. And it sounds like you know, like that's the easy stage, but it's really like where you do the most heavy lifting because, like, as the artist has to do like all your critical thinking at that point. You have to right. like figure out, well, what's the best place to put the camera? How do you stage the action or whatever? Okay. And, sure. You know, it, it it really is the most time consuming, and I dread it. Uh, the layout stage <laughs> because like actually drawing the page is a, is I mean yeah it's time consuming and it, you know it can be long hours but it, it feels so much better than actually the problem solving that layout the layout stages. That's really crazy. So uh, how do you kind of take that whole collaborative process with regards to parenting? Is it something where you have a lot of inta- uh, input with your wife? Do you guys have a g- give and take? Uh, yeah. You stay at home? Kind of how does that work for you? Yeah, I mean I've I've been working at home. Like I had a period for a while where I, I was teaching, so I was, you know, out of the house. But mostly from my independent game developer days to now, I've been, you know, a stay-at-home dad, basically, you know, working from home. And, uh, you know, we, you know, like my wife works at like a nine-to-five job. Sure. Um, but, you know, it, it's easier now because my kids are both in school, like they're nine and five. And um, with that, it, it's, you know, summers are a little bit trickier to juggle. Sure. But like while they're in school, like I have, you know, all that time to, to work. And, sure. and all that stuff but like before when they were babies you know we had like a nanny for a little for a brief period uh we lived near my mom and her parents and everything so we have you know family support that can watch the kids when we need them so yeah there's that juggling the constant juggling and you know and everybody we're all busy now my wife is pta president at my son's school <laughs> so it's it's a balancing act for sure right but, yeah that's really cool what has been kind of your most uh exciting moment or most proud moment as a father? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> so many. It's like, I love, like, like when my kids were really little, they would do, like, in their preschool, they would do, like, these things, like, my all about my dad or whatever. <laughs> and, like, I have one of my oldest, I have it, like, pinned in my office because it's hilarious. Like, stuff like my dad's favorite food is soup or something. Like, I, don't know, I don't know where he got that. And, you know, like, you know, the things that, like, warmed my heart was, like, you know, it's like, I love it when my dad plays with me or whatever. Right. But, like, the thing that cracks me up is like, like my dad is happiest, and he'll completely die of embarrassment that I told him this or that I said this. But like in, in the the question mark, it's like you know, the thing that makes my dad happiest is when I go poo poo in the potty. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I don't. Yeah, but like you know, it's just it like just seeing them grow has like really been the proudest development you know or moment with right. or moments with them and. uh they they both kind of take it. Both my sons have taken kind of interest in art, and they love drawing. Yeah. And my oldest makes his own comics, and it, it's just really great to kind of share that with them, and to kind of share like the nerdiness of my yeah. life with them, and they're actually interested in it and everything. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I they're 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 such a huge part of my life. Like I can't. It feels like I can't separate sure. my life now from them. And, you know, I can think back to when I was younger, but like you know, it's so weird to like 
not, not imagine being a dad. Right. You know, Absolutely. So, yeah. And uh, kind of on the flip side of that, what's been your um, most uh, trying time as a dad? Like one of the times oh, where yeah. you came up against adversity the most oh, yeah. and how did you fight through when that? When they were both infants. Sure. Because uh, <laughs> both my sons were uh, like five weeks early. They weren't premature, but they were early babies. Sure. And uh, the youngest, you know, he like I think he had 10 days in the NICU. And uh, so he was a little bit, you know, more you know, delicate and took a little bit more hand, special care. So that was really trying. And, yeah. you know, just trying to manage that. Like, I, I still, like, both of them, I used to, there was a time uh, when I was behind on deadlines. And, like, I had them, like, in the baby Bjorn yeah. or whatever. Yep, yep. And I'm at my tablet drawing while they're sleeping the baby <laughs> and i'm like i can't really sit with it so i'm kind of like crouching in front right. of my tablet drawing and uh you know it did a number on my back but it worked you know right. like i got yeah. a, i got some work done while they slept right on top of me or whatever but uh th- those moments like trying to, to to manage you know infant care with you know a comic career is right we're, we're like trying moments that's crazy oh yeah yeah so so do you you primarily you create your art digitally yeah, I, I do. Like, I, like uh, most of my sequentials, it, it kind of depends. Like, uh, when I'm when I have a lot more of a, of a dead or like space, like time wise, I I do ink some more, like actually ink pages traditionally. But when I'm running up, especially with like you know the, the publisher comics, like you know, just deadlines are always like it's oh, we needed it two days ago or whatever. Digital is just faster. You know, you don't have to do any scanning or cleanup, and I can get the pages to the colors like super quick. Um, so, and, and, you know, it just kind of, you know, like, and I have programs like Clip Studio Paint that I use that, like, are the closest to, like, traditional inking that I found. And, uh, yeah, so it, I, I do mostly digital uh, at my, you know, my comic work at home. Like, you know, I'll do these shows and I'll do all traditional art. So, yeah. You know, you, comics are generally obviously above the maturity level of a nine and a five-year-old. Yeah. Are you nervous about your kids discovering your body of work or, or the, the subject matter or, or the, you know, the maturity of that? That's a good question, actually, because, um, yeah, like for the longest time, like I, I worked on Morning Glories for about almost, you know, eight or so years. That was like a big part of my life. And it's a very it's teen plus, teen plus in terms of like, you know, uh, the age appropriate. Sure. It's very violent and there's cussing and stuff. So. Um, it's only recently, you know, like I've done the Archie stuff and I did the Flash that I've kind of had age appropriate stuff that they can look at and they, right. they can actually enjoy. Because my oldest, when he was three, uh, he came into my office and he got a Morning Glories trade. And, he, and of course, he opened it up to a double page spread where a girl got shot and there's like blood everywhere. <laughs> oh. and, uh, and he's just like, he's three years old. He's like, hey, dad, what happened? I was like, she spilled the ketchup. And. <laughs> So he's like, "Oh, okay," and he just put it down. Didn't think anything else of it. So, yeah, yeah. but that that was definitely a concern. Like, I wanted to make sure that I could, you know, because I mean, for the longest time, like I had stuff that was just, you know, very adult oriented or you know, older teen oriented, and I actually have stuff that they can actually read now is so much, you know, better. Yeah, that's really that's really cool. Um, I did notice that you worked on uh, the Riverdale graphic novels, yeah, and so I. You know, shameless plug. I enjoy the Riverdale TV series. I'll just put it out there. So yeah. I watch it. What has that been like adapting a TV show that's currently like on the air and yeah. current to graphic novel form? Yeah, it's so funny. Like when I was uh, when I got that gig and I was telling people about it, I was like, "Yeah, I'm drawing the comic that's based on the TV show that's based on a comic." You know, <laughs> it so. sounds a little like uh, the Thirty Rock. I don't know yeah. if anybody's familiar with Thirty Rock, yeah, where yeah. Jenna Marie is like, "Yeah, I'm in the they're making a movie off the musical based on the movie of Mystic Pizza." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. No, um, no it, it's really weird. Like there was never like a hard 
uh, you know, uh, directive that I had to match likenesses. Sure. But I mean, it's kind of implied when you're right. working on a property like that. Um, but it was it was such a weird transition because I had just done my initial run on the Archie book with Mark Wade, and they moved me over to the Riverdale book. And in my mind, like for what I like to draw with Archie, Archie's more lighthearted, and he's a bit of a goofball and right. kind of an idiot. You know? <laughs> so that's kind of what I was accustomed to drawing. And so like to move over to the Riverdale book where it's more dark and serious, and he's like, you know, the only notes I really got was like, you know, make him prettier or whatever. <laughs> and it was it was a little bit hard. It was a hard fit for me. I mean, I liked yeah. you know. I love the show. I right. Mean, I, I, it's one of my, you know, I, I don't know why. Like, it's kind of ridiculous, but it works. Right. Yeah. That's that's how I, that's yeah. why I tell everybody. But like I, uh, the book itself was like, it was just not a good fit. I don't think overall for me just cause like it yeah. didn't jive with my sure. overall like, you know, impression of Archie at the time. Right, I, mean, right. I, I can enjoy it as a fan, but in terms of like how I connect with it, like as an artist, I think I would connect more with like, you know, Mark Wade's kind of rebooted Archie universe. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, is there any last piece of uh, advice or any last uh, bit of wisdom for dads or people breaking into the industry that you would provide? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like a lot of my friends in comics are also dads, yeah. so you know we trade dad stories and stuff <laughs> like that. And um, you know, it, it's tough. It really is. It's like to be a dad and to be a comic artist. I mean, those are really kind of tough things because being a comic artist, you know, it involves Ooh. long hours at the table or, or whatever, you know, right. and kids demand your attention pretty much, you know, nonstop, you know. So if, you know, if you can find a way to like block off some time, I mean, it may not be the ideal situation. I mean, for years, especially when my kids are really little, I mean, my work hours were insane. It was just when I could do it. Right. So just be able to find that time. But, you know, don't forget that, you know, you need to set aside time for your kids. Because like I said, the time I think is the most valuable asset you can give your kids. Um, You know, like I, I know... Like my my mom and my wife's parents are like they'll spoil the kids they'll buy them toys and stuff like, <laughs> like that. And I'm like, you know, like the toys are forgotten within like a day or whatever. Right. And it's like, you know, I feel like they get more out of it. Like if you know, personal experiences, you know, taking them places, doing things with them. So I think once you if you work, you can find that balance you know, between right. work and devoting the time to your kids, and you know, everything will will be so much better. Very nice. Is there uh, any upcoming projects you'd like to plug? Yeah. Um, wrapping up the Archies at Archie Comics, which is them, uh, Archie and Jughead, they form a band and they go hit the road and they meet real bands. We have our next issue has Blondie, the okay. band, in it. And uh, the seventh issue will be the last in their Battle of the Bands, Josie and the Pussycats. Okay. And uh, then in June, I'm launching uh, Charlie's Angels with John Lehman. Okay. And it's set in the 70s with the original cast. Well, we don't technically have the right to likenesses, but they look they're reasonable effectively. Sure. You know? <laughs> so and it's gonna be a wild book. Uh, John and I have wanted to work together for a long time. John, you know, wrote Chew at Image Comics. And uh, it's you know, we both really like humor, so it's gonna be kind of a funny book, but not like, you know, slapstick or sure. whatever. But it'll it, I think fans of the show will definitely dig it. Um, and I've got another book coming up from uh, uh, Valiant that I can't talk about yet. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I'm just keeping busy trying to do as much as I can. Very nice. Well, if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, Twitter uh, and Instagram. Uh, you know, my, my username is SupaJoe, S-U-P-A-J-O-E. 
Um, if you just look that up, I mean, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. That's uh, I, I pretty much I've uh, I've monopolized that username everywhere, every social media that I can think <laughs> of. So uh, that's the best place to find me. Sounds good. Well, Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. At Super Joe, S U P A J O E, on all social media, and look for his books coming out later this year. Thank you so much. Thank you. back that was our conversation with joe it was really fun man i really enjoyed it and i hope that joe comes back on at some point absolutely it was really cool so he was another person that i did not have a previously scheduled interview with that i walked up to and i knew who he was from his art on the flash specifically and i approached him and i knew he was a dad and i had reached out to him but i didn't hear anything back from him so I followed up with him on, on uh, the beginning of Fan Expo, and he was like, I'm so, so – he knew exactly who I was and he and who we were as a podcast, and he apologized for not getting back, and he was like, I would love to be on your show if you still have an opening. And, of course, I said, yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And so he was somebody that was really cool because of the fact that he's a stay-at-home dad. He's local to – again, local to the Dallas-Fort Worth area – and is passionate about art and comics and kind of being involved in this industry. And being a dad. That's right. And what was interesting to me is a lot of these guys we've talked to have done the grind work and have been in this industry working hard day in and day out for years. But he's somebody that was interested in being a part of the industry, was fully content with his job, and then chose as a last ditch, like not, I don't want to say last ditch effort, but it was really like, if I'm going to get into this industry, it's going to be now or never and just did it. And it was like, he's only been in it for about 10 years or so now, which is relatively short compared to everybody else that we've talked to. But, you know, he's rapidly gained some ground and he has a unique style all of his own. Yeah. And one thing that made me laugh in this episode, by the way, which we don't really explain it in the actual conversation we had with Joe, but it's when you talk about liking Riverdale, oh, yeah. you were like, you were like hesitant <laughs> about it because I know you were bracing for impact yeah. for like me and Galan to make fun of you yes, or something, that's true. but I wasn't going to make fun of you, but when you said it, I laughed because of your reaction, like the way you delivered it. And so then I feel like later when he talks about Riverdale, he was like, I know it's just a show on the CW. Like, I feel like he was downplaying yeah. it, but it wasn't. I wasn't making fun of Riverdale. I was making fun of the fact that you felt like you had to like, right. like be hesitant like, about it. I think it's a pretty good show, and I, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like I can't talk to people about this. You feel guilty for some reason. Yeah, it's that, like a guilty pleasure. It made me laugh. Oh, but uh, Joe, thanks for being on, and we really look forward to hopefully having you come back at some point and, and talk more about what you do and uh, your life as a dad. That's right. We really enjoyed it. So now it is time for America's favorite segment, Dad Joke of the Week, which, is, of course, is where we deliver to you one or more dad jokes. That's right. Uh, dad jokes are, of course, jokes that dads would tell that aren't really that funny. Really? So. I had no way of knowing. Yeah, I know. So, uh, guys, I have one for you. This is for our Australian dads. Uh, guys, do you know what they call a local area network in Australia? The land down under. Wow. The land. Wow. Down. That's okay. Uh, I'm the Norse god of mischief, but I don't like to talk about it. I yeah. guess you could say I'm low-key. Low. -key. Low 
key. Low key. You know what, man? That's really timely with, uh, you know. Avengers having already come out. Infinity War already having come out this month. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. You know, before the Fan Expo. um, I was going there. I know. know. Oh, do you? No, I don't. No, you don't. (laughs) No, I don't. Before the Fan Expo, I stopped, got a haircut. My mom at the time was having pretty poor vision, and she's like, did you get a haircut? I'm like, no, I got them all cut. That's it. I like that. That's good. I like that. I feel like we've had a variation of that before. We've probably had that before. You know what? That's our winner. I've been saying that every week. Yeah, yeah, that's our winner. You won Dad Joke of the Week, Galan. Congratulations. What does he win, Joe? He wins a a hand clap by me. And the respect of his co-host. No, I I win the right to introduce the next segment. That's right. Which is the hashtag game, a game where Joe has selected numerous hashtags, sometimes whittling it down to three or four because we generate so many. But Joe's going to go over the, the hashtags, and we're all going to vote on them. Probably be unanimous because most of the time it is. Right. And Joe, what do we got? Uh, oh, I was playing footsies with Glon by <laughs> accident. Air qu- quote, Hashtag yeah. wink wink. <laughs> what nudge nudge? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> if you know what I mean. This week. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> sure. This week I've got hashtag guilty pleasure. Okay. Hashtag the Archies. Mm-hmm. And hashtag Galan wins. I like all those, but I'm going to start us out by saying, in honor of Joe Eisma, I'm going to say hashtag the Archies. Because why wouldn't we? You guys should check that out. What a fun idea for a comment. As someone who will not vote for self-referential hashtags, I also go with the Archies. (laughs) Really? I bet if we go back to history, we'll find some hashtags. You know what? Just to throw a wrench in it, I'll say I'm going to vote for Galan wins. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because the Archies win. The Archies carries it. You know what else, Joe? We have something else important to announce. That is as right. As we are nearing, we're, we're already well through May. Are we? We are. Okay. So, Joe. This is actually the last episode of this May. Is the, this is your last oh, chance. Really? This is the last chance to this like our page. This is your last chance, suckers. So, I don't really <laughs> believe that. I think this is the last chance or the second to last chance. No, this but is the last chance. This is the chance last part. chance. All right. Last there, chance there, saloon. Are, there are four weeks in May, four weekends in May. Uh-huh. This is the fourth weekend. Okay, so last chance for what, Joe? Last chance to win a free copy of this game called Laser Chess, put out by Think Fun. Uh, Laser Chess is the beam directing strategy game for ages eight and up. Thirty nine ninety nine. If you do not win it, it's on Amazon or at your local toy distributors. It's a two-player strategy game that combines the spatial thinking skills of chess with the high-tech fun of laser beams. Who doesn't like a good laser beam? That's right. I can't think of somebody. I can't. I don't know anyone that doesn't uh, like a good laser beam. Players alternate <laughs> just turns. Just look. Just go to people in <laughs> your know. life and ask them. Do you, you like, like a good laser, laser beam? beam? It's like, uh, obviously. Yeah, for sure. The end. Do you uh, like bicycles? Players <laughs> alternate turns. Moving their mirrored pieces around the board, and at the end of each turn, players fire a real laser. The beam bounces from mirror to mirror, and if it strikes a non-mirrored surface of any piece, it is immediately removed from play. If you illuminate your opponent's king, you win. Laser Chess is immense to select winner and earned a parent-tested, parent-approved Top Pick at Toy Fair 2018. If you like our Facebook page by the end of this month, May, or if you've already liked our Facebook page, all of you peoples are entered into a giveaway to receive a free copy of Laser Chess. That's right. So Joseph's saying, what Joe is saying is if you've previously liked our page, don't worry. You're already entered. That's right. 
And that is very cool. Thank you, Think Fun. We appreciate that, and we look forward to hopefully doing some more stuff with you guys in the future. We hope you've really enjoyed our Joe Eisma conversation today, as well as all the conversations we've had with the people from Dallas Fan Expo in previous weeks. And we're going to have one more for you guys next week. We're looking forward to that as well. A super talented artist. Once again, another really big name artist. And uh, we're looking forward for you to hear that interview Go on. How do people get a hold of us if they want to? That is a great question, John. That is, you can go to Detox Podcast, which is D T A L K S Podcast dot com, and you can listen or you, you can find links to all of our social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find a link to our Patreon, which for less than two dollars or for two dollars a month, not less than two dollars a month, but for two bucks a month. <laughs> for less than two dollars a month, you get nothing. <laughs> yeah, you can support our podcast. Actually, that's not even true. Yeah, you because can support for free. We have content there. Yeah, for or for a dollar, you can support our podcast and get access to news first. That's right. So what you can do is go there. For $2 a month, you can get access to all of our – oh, Joe just knocked a chair over. That's nice all right. We're getting Nice way to here. be subtle, Joe. That's okay. Sorry. Bathroom's over there, buddy. There's two. Oh, there's, oh look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I got one up bathroom. You called I Joe out I did. on a bathroom break. I really hope that I can remember to go back and edit this, but I probably No, no, won't. leave it. Leave it. Yep. So you can go, and for $2 a month, you can get access to all of our bonus content, which goes back over numerous episodes. There is there are such stories as the Velveeta Cheese story. Yep, there is, there um, is the Stalker Saga. Yep, there is the Batman-Spider-Man discussion. Oh, yeah. Th- these aren't always just one- or two-minute some- segments. Sometimes they're 38-minutes or 30-minute segments. Um, if, if there's bumper music that I'm working on that I'm going to start throwing up kind of previews on there, just in case you're into the music or whatever. And we have a new free series coming to you about halfway through the year. Yep, sometime probably in June or July where uh, we're really excited. We're not, we've not revealed that yet, but there will be an announcement, but there will be free approximate 30-minute segments that you'll be able to listen to. Um, so go there. If you want to listen to us out another way that you're than what you're listening to us now, you can go to vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-Now.com. You can download the Vocal app on the App Store. You can go to iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify and listen to us on the go. Uh, so we hope you do that. Let us know. Uh, also, email us at detoxpodcast at, uh, or D, at I'm sorry, detoxpodcast at gmail.com and let us know how you listen to us. I'd love to hear that. Um, so with that, what else do we got? I think that's it. I think we're going <laughs> over it, the, the hashtags. And I think we're good. I just want to thank everyone for listening to us. If you have a story that needs to be told uh, or if you know another dad who has a story that needs to be told, we would love to be a part of that. So contact us any of the ways that Galan just mentioned guys we have one more episode for you that comes from a conversation uh, that we had at dallas fan expo and that's coming your way next week until then we just want to mention hashtag the archies as well as hashtag be a better dad we'll see you next week special thanks to john and eddie for supporting the podcast thanks so much guys detox is a production of vocal For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-Now.com.